I'm full of optimism. Einstein's theory of relativity. And we're still seeing it quite well through that haze. E equals MC. That all men are created equal. About the future innovations. And growing strength in the air. This is Finding Your Frequency with your hosts, Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure. It's time to speak up, share your voice, and hear from the thought leaders. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another fantastic episode of Finding Your Frequency. I'm your host, Ryan Treasure, and you're tuned in to voiceamerica.com, the leader in live internet talk radio. We've been on the airwaves nonstop, 24-7 since 1999, going on year 21. So super excited that we're going on year 21 in 2020, because you, as you guys know, 2020 is a fantastic year. It's one of those things where you got uh, weird numerology things happening throughout the year and uh, we get it's it's a leap year. Uh, all these all these things. Uh, we're going to be voting for a new president this year. Uh, just a whole a whole slew of new things coming in 2020. Brand new decade. I woke up January 1st and I said, it's a new minute. It's a new hour. It's a new year. It's a new decade. It's a new all kinds of things. So super excited about 2020. You know, as we as we transition from uh, our daily working lives and our nine to fives, or if you're an entrepreneur, you you know you're not working nine to five. You're probably still up from last night working on stuff that you started because um, we know how all that works. But you know, stress kind of plays in a, a factor in you know everybody's mood and your behavior and your ability to. Um, really uh, connect with your own family and friends. And, and I think a lot of times people get so caught up in business and in life and uh, in those things that they, they, they forget about some things that's very important. You know, your, your, your mental, your mental well-being is extremely important. You know, we've talked about, you know, physical well-being and, you know, making sure that if you work in an office, you're going to your chiropractor and getting your adjustments on. And, you know, you, if, if you're into some of those alternative medicines, maybe you're getting some acupuncture and some of these things to really, you know, help lift your spirits from a physical standpoint. But, you know, what do you do on, on a daily basis to really, you know, take care of the most important muscle in your body, which is your brain, right? And so um, we have a great and fantastic expert who's going to be joining us today, uh, Dr. Laurel Mellon, who's a New York Times bestselling author, health psychologist, associate clinical uh, professor, and also she is uh, just a fantastic person. She's been a faculty member of UC. SF for more than 30 years and her work has been featured on the KQED public television Oprah today good morning America US News and World Reports and a whole bunch of other uh, <laughs> online and broadcast facilities and her last two books uh, are the stress eating solution and the stress overload solution which, give, which gives the public an opportunity to experience a 30 day step by step way to learn how to become emotional superstars and move through stress to joy I have to quote my good friend Barry Shore who does a show on the network and he says it's the joy of living and so we're going to talk about the joy of living today with dr mellon dr mellon welcome to the show oh i'm so happy to be here ryan i love your program thanks for including me 
Yes, yes. Thank you. I know that, you know, being a clinical professor and, you know, working at the School of Medicine and doing all of these fantastic things, you're a very busy person. So we appreciate you taking time to jump on the show with us today. And, you know, uh, finding your frequency is all about that journey. It's all about that, you know, that that it factor, that how factor, that why factor. You know, we always talk about, you know, living a life full of purpose. And one of the questions we always like to ask all of our people that come on to the Finding Your Frequency program, you know, is Dr. Mellon, how did you find your frequency in life and in business and decide (laughs) to do what you're doing? I believe in that sometimes your frequency finds you or your purpose finds you because you come alive, you go out in the world, and all of a sudden something rocks your world. And that happened for me when I first started as a young faculty member at UCSF and I was working with overeating in kids. And I was so frustrated because putting kids on diets, that's ridiculous. And so I went deep inside the medical literature and found an old study that said the reason there are all these appetites is people aren't emotionally connecting. So I thought, oh, I'm going to do that. I'm going to teach people to emotionally connect, just simple tools. And we didn't even have the brain science to support it. I saw a kid say, oh, my gosh, I stopped overeating. And the mother says, this kid's happy because she's emotionally connected. I want what she has. So I didn't have the brain science to know why this kid had completely changed just by using these emotional tools. But I promised myself I would dedicate my career to it. And what a ride it's been. It's been the most exciting career. And I'm telling you, I understand overworking. I understand passion. <laughs> and the reason I wrote these two books recently is because the science is, makes it so simple now to figure out what's going on inside of you. And the kind of people that are passionate enough and driven enough to actually be entrepreneurs, to, to push the envelope, to really be there and, and use stress effectively to do something in the world, what happens is, there's only two frequencies for them. And that's what's important. They have the reptilian brain, you know, evolutionarily we started with reptilian brain and we evolved up to a thinking brain, right? So we've got this beautiful thinking brain that keeps us in control and focus and a purpose, but enough stress comes in and we flip the switch and we go down to the reptile and we don't even know what's happened. And what this work does is have you flip it back. So you're back to that state of connection and you don't have to live in those excesses, trading one addiction for another. Yeah, we know we always talk about uh, my daughter on the show. And one of the things that we talk about a lot is, you know, her and I are always having this conversation of, you know, like, don't allow your emotions to dictate your logic. Don't uh, don't let your <laughs> don't let your emotions, you know, and and, you know, you talk about the reptilian brain and being able to kind of flip that switch. I think that I think there's a paradigm there where, you know, as you as you if you live your life based on emotion, um, you know, then you're not making sound judgments. You're not you're not using logic. Um, and so I think, you know, switching that 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 into a into a brain where you can you know make logical decisions you can think through uh you know complex problems and 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 solve some of these things is extremely important because you know what else are we here to do i mean we're not here to sit around and watch soap operas and television and hulu and netflix you know our whole life and melt away into the couch um you know i think everybody is here for a purpose and you know how do we live that purpose and make sure that our brain is available for us to be able to live that purpose And just what you're saying, Ryan, is the greatest discovery in neuroscience in the last 10 years. And that is, in the past, when it was back, let's say the 1980s, 1990s, even up to 2000, the overall stress level was low enough so that the thinking brain could stay online and think beautiful thoughts, stay connected to emotions, but not let them overrule them. And then right around 
2000, things started to change and then they got more and more so. So it's not just people who had adverse childhood events, although that makes it harder, or later trauma, but everyone is subjected to this huge stress overload from technology and competition. So we have that stress coming into our brain and it just gets to a point where it flips the switch and we're down to the reptile and this is the major learning. If you remember one thing from this program, it's you can't think your way from stress to joy. You can't even exercise your way from stress to joy or eat healthy from stress to joy. It's a brain thing. And the old-fashioned emotions that we used to have, like just saying, how do I feel? It simply is not enough to switch off the reptilian brain. And the reason that we have emotional brain training and these, these new books out is because there are very simple skills that are absolutely universal that take your stressed out emotions like anxiety, depression, stomach aches, you know, procrastination, and it switches them off and it's through the pathway of a new kind of emotional tool that actually gets you from stress to joy in a couple minutes. And we believe everyone needs this because if you're stuck in stress, that's when problems arise. Well, yeah, you can't get anything done if you're so stressed out. I mean, you can, it's almost like a never ending circle, right? You, you, you get stressed out, you're working on a project, you're so stressed out, then you can't use your brain to go, okay, let me prioritize these things that I have to, to, to do. And you, you know, um, it's so funny. Like I spend my Mondays, you know, when we have meetings and stuff, when we come into the studio and we're kind of like looking at what we do and, you know, Monday's not my day for going, okay, I'm going to go tackle a project. Monday's my day to go, okay, I have an entire week full of things that I need to get done and multiple projects that I'm working on, which ones are more important than other ones. Right. And making a, a concerted effort to prioritize those things that are important. So that way, you know, you're not living the circle. Right. And then, you know, you you made you made a huge point the the world today and and you said 2000 i'm going to say 2006 and the reason i say 2006 is because that's when you got you know the these things came out right and you had all these smartphones and now everybody's so hyper connected it's just it 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 boggles my mind that i can be sitting here in my office right and some coworker that i work with is literally let's say 33 steps away from walking in here to have a conversation with me. Um, but they make the decision to, I'm going to send him a text message from my <laughs> office to their office, or I'm going to, um, I'm going to send them a message on Skype, or I'm going to send them a message on Facebook messenger or direct message on Twitter. There's just so many avenues of hyper connectedness that's happening because of the smartphone that, you know, where do you say enough is enough? Like, come on, let my brain do what my brain does. Cause I, I literally can't handle, you know, if I didn't answer your text message in five minutes, now you're sending me another message from a different mechanism. And I'm, I'm like, at this point now, I don't even want to talk to you because you've sent me so many messages. Like, why is everybody so I need to do it and I need to do it now. Exactly. Because that's stress. The reptile is, is not patient. And what happens is we get really, really stressed and we develop a habit down in the reptilian brain. Like we develop a habit to go into anxiety or go into always being on edge or being depressed or eating sugar or uh, coming up with another idea and another idea and another idea and not finishing anything. And these wires in the brain are what we have to go over. In other words, you can be even a little bit stressed and if you've got these big old wires in your reptilian brain that get you triggered. Have you had the feeling of being triggered where you're, you feel like you're doing fine and then the next moment you're sort of on overload, that feeling? Yeah, that's, yeah everybody that's has that. Everyone has that. And most people have a triggered mood 
where they get triggered into hostility or numbness or depression or anxiety, and you can't relax your way out of it. You um, might get into a relationship where you tend to distance and hide out or become amazingly needy. And lots of times couples, <laughs> one couple that's doing emotional brain training, they say, well, my husband gets more like his trigger is to go into hiding and watch uh, Netflix, and mine is to overeat and become endlessly talkative where I will not stop talking. So these sometimes couples have opposite circuits, but they're equally ineffective, and they really block some of the joy of loving intimacy that was really what the brain needs. The brain just is a big love bug. It wants that, that, that loving kindness, and if we don't know how to switch off those circuits and essentially rewire them, we get triggered more and more. The older we get, the more triggers we get. So if you're if you're so adamantly stressed out as a human being, you know, how do you tell yourself that joy is important? How do you how do you get your mind to to be wired for joy? How do you make a change if you if you if you notice this constant cycle of I'm stressed out, um, you know, I'm being triggered constantly? And I'll give you an example for me. Um, if I have too many things coming at me at one time, right? Like I was talking about the, t- the the messages, you know, I'll have, you know, somebody send me an email and then a text message and then this at the, I literally get angry. It makes me angry. And I'm, yes. I'm like, I'm like, listen, I know you need to get a hold of me. A, I'm in the middle of doing something that I need to complete. So I'm not dropping everything just to answer your question, right? At this particular moment, you know, that would be the equivalent of, you know, me saying, Oh, Hey, Dr. Mellon, hold on one second. My phone just buzzed. I got a text message. I have to stop our interview so I can, I can, I can do that. Um, yeah. That, that's like, I feel like I'm doing a disservice to myself. I'm doing a disservice to you. But the other person on the other side who's trying to message you, they don't care about any of that. They're just, they just want what they want and they want it now, right? Exactly. And that, that makes me stressed out that they feel that that's okay, you know? And, right. so, and so that's one of my triggers. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to talk to this person. Ah, David, don't call me anymore. Stop it, Jane. Ah, <laughs> you know, um, how do you get past that? You know, besides turning your phone off, obviously, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? It's really easy if you process emotions. You can't think your way out of it and you can't tell yourself you shouldn't feel that way. So we have a simple numbering system and we number the five levels of stress from one, which is joy, all the way down to five, which is the reptilian brains in charge. So you would check in with yourself and say, instead of saying, why am I so angry or why are they doing this? You say, what number am I? Oh, cool. I'm at five. And you go to the app, you touch on it a few times and it spirals you up through your emotions back to one where you say, you know, I'm not going to answer that phone. Next time I think I'll turn it off. So it helps you with your stress. And then you don't have to clean up the mess afterwards. I have a son who just had a baby. And um, I went down to his house to visit. And uh, I said something like stupid, you know, something inappropriate. And then I went back and I said, you know, I'm sorry I said that. Um, And he says, Mom, you should have checked your number. If you checked your number (laughs) and, and then paused a moment enough to use the app and check your note, your stress number and get up to one again, you wouldn't have to apologize all the time. So the idea is, is what happens is the way you learn how to wire your brain for joy is to use the tools. Because what I discovered when in 2007 was when we really discovered the full range of tools of emotional brain training. And when I did it, I would give it to people in the app and say, here, give it a try. And they'd say, great. And they say, wait a minute. In two minutes, I go from being like the nastiest person with all this aggression to being someone who says, 
hey, I can deal with this. And they said, that's really scary. I don't know if I want to feel that good right away. So part of adjusting to the emotional brain training is to appreciate that you have amazing powers in your emotional brain that have never been used, but we haven't needed them to be used. But there's so much stress now that if we don't use those emotional pathways in the brain and express those emotions and get through them all in your head, nobody knows what you're doing. They just know that you stop looking nasty and you start looking nice, that we end up in in having stress epidemics, anxiety, depression, diabetes, obesity, uh, addictions. These are all just symptoms of those wires down in the reptilian brain. We can actually switch them off in real time and over time, as you switch them off over and over again, they break. And then you have freedom from that drive to do that. And that's what it's about, freedom. Yeah, and we all want freedom, especially from stress that causes you to have an emotional reaction. And you know, that continued cycle over time, I feel would probably put somebody in a, in a, in a level where, I mean, it's one thing to be stressed out and be able to come out of that stressed out feeling. It's another thing to be in the, in that, in that highly tense stressed moment for, you know, days and days at a time, which, you know, I feel would lead to, you know, severe, you know, mental anguish, you know, you're going to end up being depressed and, you know, having all kinds of, you know, funky thoughts and funky actions and things that you'd necessarily wouldn't do. Um, if you could just take a step back, right. You can't take a step back when your thinking brain is offline because the reptilian brain is in charge. So this is what I recommend. First, find your own particular thumbprint of signs that you know the reptile's in charge. That's brain state five. And then when you get there, know that you're going to like it. Because mm-hmm. the reptile has convinced us that when we're stressed out, overloaded, it's actually its own addiction. And so give yourself some space and say, come on, I know I'm going to want to stay in this addicted state because my brain's used to it. And I'm going to come out of it. Just Use that. Uh, that that app I'm going to spiral up and I'm going to feel great and then you teach it to your children your spouse so that you have this emotional connection so you even have a language to talk about stress you say is your reptile in charge right now or is your thinking brain what number are you so we've got to deal with stress overload which most people are experiencing with some neuroscience based tools that will get us out of that state so we're back in control so you talk about control and, you know, I think that any individual, you know, you, you think about like martial arts, right? Martial arts, the, the whole idea behind martial arts is to be able to, you know, train for control, right? Being able to control your emotions and being able to control your actions. And if you're, if you're trying to, you know, maintain that control um, and you have all of these, you know, stress circuits that are happening and you need to, you know, reprogram um, for your emotional brain, what are those, what are those common stress circuits look like? So that way we can, you know, try to maybe avoid some of those. Great. I can teach you two things. One, which, which ones to look for and then how to spiral out of, it, out of it in the moment. And once you experience spiraling out of it, then you're, you're more, aware that you actually have more power than you know. So most people have a mood circuit. So think about what is the mood that you get stuck in. It seems like it's like a psychological problem. It is not a psychological problem. It's a biological problem. It's a wire in your reptilian brain, which is so much better than having a psychological problem because a wire you can weaken and break. So what is the mood that is sort of a knee jerk? It tends to be hostility, depression, anxiety, panic, shame, numbness, 
or mania. So when, particularly with people that are really into their work, they'll get into this over control where they really believe they had the illusion that they're in control, but actually the reptile is in control. And that's why the relationships aren't going well in other areas. In addition to the mood circuit, everyone has a relationship circuit because given enough stress, we're either the brain makes us, it forces us, it's just the way the brain works, to either distance from other people and be removed, not care how they feel or what they need, or get so needy that we only focus on them and we forget to take about take care of ourselves. Everyone has a work circuit because everything from your childhood, all these circuits from childhood come out at work, and everybody has a go-to for a habit, whether it's overeating, it's too much sugar, it's drinking, it's whatever that is, uh, or overworking, that's their go-to. So your, your automatic go-tos that are harming, the one most important thing, which is, which is relationships, the most sensitive aspect of life to relationships um, is, pardon me, the most sensitive to stress is relationships. So you know whether your thinking brain is in charge or your reptile based on three aspects of intimacy. If you have emotional closeness in your relationship so you can give and receive love, if you have sensual, sexual pleasure, the major blocks to sexual satisfaction in both men and women is stress. And if you can get together with friends and laugh, have a belly laugh and have great, if that's going on, you're probably, your thinking brain is probably online and your reptilian brain is, is on holiday, which is perfect. Hey, I'm hitting most of those, so that's good. <laughs> good. I want to talk about your daughter. How old is she? She's six. She's six. At that age, you should get the app and teach her the tools to flow from negative emotions to positive ones. And that's one of the big discoveries of EBT is that we're told that we shouldn't have negative emotions. And we're here all the time that we should just be in, in compassion and love and that is the worst thing for your brain. All this positive psychology <laughs> just makes people guilt tripped and it's very bad for their brain. Yeah, What's those best are... for your brain? What? Go ahead, Pardon? go ahead. What's best for the brain? Your brain is a muscle. You've got to work it. And it has five different levels of stress, right? One is when the, the thinking brain is in charge all the way to being, that's joy, all the way being to stressed out, that's five. If you're not in every single level all day long, you're not working that muscle. But the idea is, if you suppress your emotions, because you're not supposed to get angry, men are given a really bad trip about being angry, women are, are told they're not feminine if they're angry, it turns out if you can't express your emotions starting with anger and flow through them, then you have to stay on sort of a false high and pretend yeah. you feel great. You repress your emotions, the reptilian brain takes over and you come home at night and you start snapping at people and you say, why am I losing it? I'm losing it because I suppress my emotions all day. With, with EBT, you learn how to flow through your emotions. It's in your own head. Nobody knows it. It's an app. And what you do is you flow through. Can I give you an example of how to flow through emotions? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and as, you, as you give an example, you, 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 you bring up a really good point. And, you know, talking about my daughter, that's something that is probably um, a, a conversation that we have probably on an every other day basis. You know, I'll, I'll give you a quick example. I'll say, you know, to my daughter, hey, can you please clean your room? Right. She gets angry. Right. And a lot of parents would be like, oh, stop getting angry. You can't do that. You need to go clean your room. Well, you know, I've, I've told her many times, you know, it's OK to have feelings like you need to have the feelings like please feel them. I said, but 
don't let your feelings dictate your actions. Like you can go through the cycle in your brain where, oh, I'm upset that I don't want to do this. But at the same time, you know, that's something that needs to be done because, you know, um, as a parent, I'm trying to teach my child to be self-sufficient, clean up after herself, those types of things. Um, you know, all, all things that are like important life skills that a human being needs to have to be able to function in society, right? Wash your clothes, do your dishes, brush your teeth, put your stuff away, don't make a mess, you know, those types of things. Um, And a lot of those things are also stressful in some circumstances because you're like, oh, I have to do the dishes, all that makes me angry. But, um, you know, I I always tell her like, it's okay to have emotions and feel a certain way. You've just got to be able to work through those emotions so you can get to a point of still being, um, uh, being active, still being able to take action and execute items that need to be done on a daily basis. Well, what you just said should be in every parenting manual. And the (laughs) operative word there is work through the emotions, but what's new in science is you work it through in a very efficient way that all brains work the same way. Can I show you what happens? Do it. How you can work them through. She, you're gonna, I can't wait to have her, her express her anger next time because you're going to give her this simple little tool and she's going to move through them and she's going to give you a big hug and say, oh my gosh, you're the best daddy in the world and I did clean up my room or whatever. This is, okay, this is how the brain works. Is The first thing is, and again, it's everything you've been told that you shouldn't do is wrong. Again, you can't think your way out of it. You have to feel your way. You have to work through the emotions, uh, uh, express and uh, move through the emotions. And it starts with, uh, my mother always taught me, do not complain. Okay. And she called me Lori. My name's Laurel, but she always called me Lori. She says, Lori, now don't complain. Well, it turns out that in the brain, the brain loves it when you complain. So I'm going to be your daughter. And I, you've just taught me how to use emotional brain training. And you're going to say, oh, now just go ahead. You have your feelings. And you say, just do it this way. And she says, okay. The situation is I don't really want to clean this up. I don't really want to have that. Just by complaining a couple uh, couple statements, she wakes up the reptilian brain and just the circuit in the brain that you want to stop so that she actually can actually move through doing things she doesn't want to do opens up like a little flower. It opens up so you can rewire it. She's complained. And then you do the next thing you're told not to do, which is anger. If you don't honor your right to protest feeling bad, then you go into depression or anxiety. The major cause in our country of depression and anxiety is that people don't have a safe, structured, simple way to express their anger and move through it. So she's going to say, what would she say? She'd say, I'm going to give you the lead-ins and you pretend you're your daughter. Okay. It's just lead-ins and then you complete the sentence with your own whatever comes up. So I feel angry that you be your daughter and I'll be the app. I feel angry that... My dad wants me to clean my room. I can't stand it that. I have to clean my room all the time. I hate it that. Why can't I just do it when I want to do it? Great. And notice the reptilian brain is calming down because that's why expletives work so well. When you express anger, it's the quickest way to get the thinking brain to come back online, but it's got to be followed with the other emotions. Uh, I feel sad that, I feel a little sad, this is her, a little, just one, I feel a little sad that. If I don't clean my room, I might be in trouble. (laughs) And then the next feeling, this is natural, it's universal for all brains of humans. I feel afraid that. If I don't clean my room, I'd probably be in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel guilty that I. Know that I need to clean my room and I should do it. 
But then what happens is the brain has a left, a negative bias. So after you've expressed the negatives, the, the positive feelings that help you go forward and do those things you, you don't want to do comes up. So just notice, notice in your body, I feel grateful that, and you can lead her through this. I feel grateful that. I even have a room. <laughs> I feel happy that. <laughs> There's books in my room that are on the floor that I need to and clean up. <laughs> and I feel secure that. My dad is here to help me. And I feel proud that I finally cleaned my room. Woohoo! Okay, <laughs> do you see? Yeah. A minute and a half. And it's the same for adult brains. For any age, you move through it. And sometimes what happens if she was uh, more stressed, you'd use the same process, but two things can come up. Sometimes it just moves to, if it's just a situation, it just moves to the positive emotions and then you feel great. And the second, but, but if you have some old leftover hurts from the past, typically from adverse childhood events or later stress, you have these like big thick circuits in the bottom of your brain that you really need to break up because they keep on getting triggered and then you wonder why you're doing the same thing over and again. <laughs> and the most common kind is a trigger where the brain tells you to escape into something that doesn't really work. So it tells you that you get your safety from going numb or your safety from drinking too much or your love from, um, from distancing and judging. And these are just basic patterns in the brain. You use the same kind of system and it begins to break up those patterns. So instead of living with those triggers, you clear them. Clear them, yeah, because that, that's, that, that's that's where the joy comes in, right? Once that gets and that's cleared. Where the joy. So one other way of doing this is 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 that the fact is joy, and it sounds like it's an emotion, which it is, but in neuroscience terms, it's the it's like the best. It's the optimal state of the brain. So the left hemisphere and the right hemisphere are working together. The top and the bottom of the brain, and the brain to the body, everything's connected. And the emotion that you experience is perfect chemistry in your body, perfect physiology. It's like a, it's like the best uh, wellness pill you could take and when you feel that joy. And the joy is when you feel present with a slight glow because you're doing something for the right reasons, like integrity or authenticity or freedom or intimacy or, you know, these or vibrancy. And you feel it in your body. And so you wake up in the morning and you say to yourself, I know that I've got to get this next cure for cancer in there and I got to get to the next place in this project so that the, my reports are going to be able to do all right and all this. But what am I really doing? I'm really training my brain to shut off the reptile, activate the thinking brain and get from stress to joy. So you actually declare that what you're going to do is be in that state of joy as much as you can throughout the day. And this is what you say to yourself. And really, this is great to tell your daughter as well. Say, I am creating i'm not waiting for happen i'm creating joy in my life just say it say it how it's tell me how you feel when you say it i i am creating joy in my life well it feels happy to talk about joy in the first place you know instead of being like oh i'm gonna create sadness in my life i know i know <laughs> and misery and let the reptile win and then as soon as you notice that you're not in joy let's say you're in traffic or let's say you know you're computer goes on the fritz or whatever or just you have a stomach ache or you really don't want to work on this project or you're confused you just go to the ebt icon touch it on your phone go through the emotions and you get back to joy you say cool i can't change everything in the world but i changed inside me and now i can think well now i can move forward with purpose now i have clarity so i can change the world 
I can change the world. So let me tell you why cognitive behavioral therapy, which is what we've been using in our country, and there's this big myth that it works. If cognitive behavioral therapy worked, we wouldn't have epidemics of behavioral problems. Unfortunately, you can't cognitively think your way to turn off the reptile. You need to express your emotions and process your emotions. And so what happens is in, in the traditional therapies, you go in and they say, I'm going to change my behavior. Well, the reptile's in charge right now. And when the reptile's in charge, because we're all in chronic stress, you're going to overdo it, underdo it, feel stalled, overcommit, fall apart, blame yourself. So all you do differently in Wired for Joy and EBT is you say, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to take a couple minutes and get back up to that connected state, and then I'm going to decide what to do. And when you decide it from a state of purpose, there's moderation, there's reasonableness, and you follow through. And the whole time you're doing it, you feel good about yourself because you know that you're doing it for the right reasons, and it's not overwhelming. So people stay with it. That's the idea. Uh, and and I, and I love how you put that, too, because um, I, I, I absolutely hate having that feeling of being overwhelmed. Right. It creates a sense of anxiety for me, you know, um, and that's why I always tell people that, you know, the idea of multitasking is um, it, it. Yes, you can do two things at once, but can you do two things at once? Well. Right. You know, um, if, if you're if you're you know, I find myself doing this all the time. I'm like starting to type an email to someone. And then I get distracted by someone that comes in my office with some other thing that they need help with. And I haven't finished my email, right? And then I'll go, oh yeah, what do you need? And then now I'm in a browser or something on my computer and I'm looking for, you know, whatever I needed to help them. But my poor little email that I was working on before is just still sitting there. So in my brain, I'm telling myself I'm multitasking, but really all I did was change tasks. And now am I in a space where when I get back to that email, I can be in the same frame of mind I was when I started it. Um, And so, you know, a lot of those things are stress creators and triggers and those things as well that cause different moods to happen. And I found myself a lot of times now having to just tell people, uh, I see that you're there. Um, I'm right in the middle of an email. Let me finish this. I need five minutes. You can either stand there and watch me finish writing the email or come back in five minutes, but I got to finish this first before I can address yours because I feel that I owe this person who I'm emailing my undivided attention, and I also owe it to you to give you my undivided attention, and I can't do both. And now I want to show you that there's two parts to EBT. The first is process your emotions, shut off the reptile, activate the thinking brain. But, the, you know, we you referred to something about we didn't really come to Earth to hang out and watch television. Right. Well, that <laughs> is a biological basis because, you know, now they say, oh, just kind of chill out and feel really good. You first want to process your emotions and work through them so that in a couple minutes you do feel great. But at that moment, something is triggered in your mind because we are put on earth to make the world a better place, to, to clean up our room after ourselves, to, <laughs> to try different projects even if they don't succeed. So there's a second part to EBT that makes you powerful. Would you like to try it? Let's do it. Okay. So once you're, so just in that moment when you said, well, so I decided just to tell them to to wait because I didn't feel right about it. You actually used EBT and you didn't know it because this is a natural process. So I want you to do it in a more formal way so you can do it over and over again really easily. Okay. So you, you said to yourself at some point, I expect myself to do the best I can to what? That made you make that decision that you were going to, I expect myself to do the best I can to 
to to to be the best I can be. I mean, great, great, perfect. Provide and provide now, my like, attention. Once you, once you say that, you're going to give yourself some encouragement, like being a good dad to yourself and saying something positive, like I can do that or that's important. What's some positive words you'd like to hear uh, to give you encouragement? You know, I, I always I always like to hear from coworkers and upper management um, that I did something that they wanted done correctly. I did it well. You know, they're happy with my performance. And for you to say no to those people and try to do the best you can in the world, what is the hard part? It's also called the essential pain of life that you'd have to face. Is it that it takes work? Is it that I may not do it perfectly? Is it that some people might reject me? What are the the developmental uh, hard part for you that if you accepted it, it would be easier to flow forward? What would that be? What's the hard part for you in saying no to them? Um. Well, I've gotten to the point now that it's not really that hard for me to tell people no. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, I, I don't want to disappoint them. You know, I, I feel in, in, some, in some, yeah. some people may be disappointed, but the, then you collect the reward. But the reward of doing it, what is what is the purposeful reward that's going to activate the reward centers in your brain? Is it authenticity, vibrancy, integrity, intimacy, spirituality, freedom, feeling feeling safe inside sanctuary why what motivated you a purpose to take that action yeah well i mean i i always want to come from a, pra- a place of integrity right I've, I've been in business and been doing what i do for a long time um i consider myself a thought leader in the space and in in and in order to impart my knowledge to somebody i have to be attentive i have to be there um and so sometimes it requires me to tell somebody no to wait just a second so that way i can be attentive i can be there and i can be my authentic self so what you're doing is focusing on joy and joy is all about having a thinking brain working so you have in your mind maybe it's conscious or unconscious your higher purpose for doing what you're doing and nothing can get in the way of that if you have that higher purpose you're saying i'm doing it for integrity so i'm going to do hard things and I'm, I'm passionate about it. This is the one rub, is that it's very hard to tell the difference. And this is when we look at other people around the world that are having difficulty, you know, think people that are supposed to be of good purpose and they're doing things that we think aren't, aren't right. The, the, the problem with the brain, the human brain, is it sometimes can't tell the difference whether you're at the thinking brain of brain state one, where you can bring to mind higher purpose, you've already processed your emotions for that momentary period, and it, it flips to the reptile. Okay, so you can go to the very heights of doing great things, and you're always staying connected to yourself in joy and watching for the fact that almost anything can become addictive. And so when you notice that your relationships are a little bit out about or you can't really find one of those purposes that you're really about ego, not purpose, the reptile has won. And what we need to do is switch off the reptile, switch back. It only takes a couple minutes and you're back in that state of connection and control and purpose. Purpose. Yep. That, that, that is, you know, an important, uh, an important word, you know, the word purpose. Um, like I said earlier, I, I don't, I don't wake up every day to watch TV. I wake up every day because, um, I have, I have a family that I have to take care of. Um, I am very fortunate because I get to come to work and do things I absolutely love and people pay me to do that. Um, and so I'm able to go do things that bring me joy. And in return, I get joy. I get knowledge. 
Um, and, and I get to, I get to reciprocate that knowledge backwards to my family. And I also get to reciprocate the monetary component of, uh, the, the efforts that I've put forth in, in, in what I do back to my family as well, because ultimately for me specifically, you know, my purpose having a six year old daughter and having a wife that, uh, you know, we've been together for over 20 years, you know, my purpose is making sure that, um, I'm there for them. I'm a good provider. I'm a good father. I'm a good husband. Um, you know, and that we have, great lasting memories. Um, I had done an interview with a gentleman last week and he had struck a chord with me, you know, and he, he asked me like, Hey, Brian, well, how do you know at the end of your life that like you truly lived a good life? You know? And I said, I don't, I don't really know. You know, I feel like maybe if I'm successful and he goes, nah, it's none of that. He's like, it's like, if you, if, what if, if your kids are grown up and they're happy, you know? and I, went, <laughs> I went, Oh man, that's great. Because as a father, that's something that I, I think about all the time. You know, you see all of this, you know, stuff that's in the news. You, 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 you read the newspaper, you look at social media, you know, you see young, young people in, a, in flux with their emotions on a constant basis. And as, and probably a lot of the reasons why we have, you know, um, you know, school shootings and stuff like that as kids are just not able to deal with their emotions. And so I always told myself, you know, just as being a father is I think it's just important that, you know, we provide a level of stability because I don't want my child to be one of those children. I want my child to grow up and be happy and to know that she's loved and to know that she's allowed to have emotions, but also understand that she, she is in control over her own destiny and having emotions is one thing but working through those emotions so that way you can still um, be positive, be happy and not sulk or be stuck in those areas. You know, for me, that would be probably the epitome of a successful, a, a successful Ryan, right? Knowing that my 18 year old daughter, however many, you know, 12 years from now is a happy, well-adjusted human being and knows what she wants in life and she's ready to go tackle it. <laughs> Woohoo! Okay, so the biggest thing we give our children, you know, I I worry sometimes about money because I've I've chosen a path of uh, of nonprofit, and sometimes I, what am I going to leave my children? And I thought, Laurel Mellon, you are crazy. There's only one thing you really leave around you when you're gone, and that is the emotional circuits in your brain to process all of life's complications and difficulties and traumas back to a state of joy. And have that renewal going on because you know how to work through your feelings. You pass it along to your children. They pass it along to their coworkers. They choose a spouse like that and to their children. So I have a little uh, first grandchild for me, and his name is Henry. And I'm just thinking about what do I want to give Henry? And I want to give him the circuits in the brain, the pathways in the brain to move from stress to joy. And truly, that's all he really needs. Wow, that's awesome. Dr. Laurel Mellon, thank you so much for being on Finding Your Frequency today. It was just a, a wonderful conversation uh, about the brain and, you know, your your EBT method. And, um, you know, tell people where they can find more information about you, download the app, all that fun stuff. Of course, we want them to go read your books. You guys can go to Amazon and search Dr. Laurel Mellon. I did it and I found the books easy peasy. They were right there. Um, but what else do you want the listening audience to know about how to connect with you or connect with EBT? What I'd love you to do is go to EBT, it's Emotional Brain Training, EBT.org. And the reason for that is we want you to get the app so you can get immediate results, so you can see how smart your brain is, how it can 
actually process these emotions and it clears away the emotional clutter. It gets you back to that state of connection and well-being and joy and control. So that's ebt.org. And in fact, when you go to get a membership so that you can get the app, just go ahead and put in the word joy for the coupon. <laughs> it gives you a, a discount so that you can get an ongoing access to that as well as a free session with an EBT coach so you by phone so you can go through the app the first time with someone else and you can feel that joy in your body. It feels so good. So ebt.org and either of those two books, if you're a stress eater, definitely get the stress eating solution because stress in the brain is what causes all those appetites. And if you get rid of the stress in the brain and get that reptile off your back, it's going to be easy <laughs> to eat healthy. And then anyone can use the stress overload solution because you're going to get at your mood circuit, relationship circuit, work circuit, habit circuit, just clear away that clutter and get back to your true self, which is all about joy. Joy. Yes, that's joy. wonderful. Thank you so much, Dr. Bell. And remember, she's a New York Times bestselling author, health psychologist, associate clinical professor at School of Medicine, University of California, San Francisco, and founder of the Emotional Brain Training Method. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on the show. We appreciate you. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you go out there every day. Make it a great day. Be happy. Be joyful. Be thankful. And remember to go check out the Emotional Brain Training Method so that way it can help you work through your stress, your emotions, and get to being more positive and joyful and living the best life that you can. Go out there and find your frequency. I'm Ryan Treasure, and you're tuned into Finding Your Frequency right here on voiceamerica.com.